0: you're a facilitator, maybe you're a coach, you're a trainer, you're a consultant, but you're an expert and you know your subject. But do you design your own content, your workshops, your programs? And if you do, can you come up with ideas for them on your own? I I struggle with this. So maybe people like you and me need help to convert or translate ideas that we have. Sometimes they come to us from different points of, of reference, different experiences, but converting them into a product that we can sell, into a workshop. And a lot of us don't find it easy to come up with these ideas, or if we do, it's the conversion process that's a struggle. How do I take this idea I have for a program or for some workshop and convert this into some training product, something I can sell, something I can make money with? So do you need help with that? Well, today's guest, Kat Hayes, I should pronounce that carefully because Kat, Kat's last name is, it sounds like mine, it's it's spelt differently, Kat Hayes. She helps people like you and me to come up with ideas, to co-create ideas, and that's crucial. Often we struggle to believe our own ideas or to we feel that they're not necessarily valuable, but someone like Kat helps us to co-create them, to find them, and to get them into a workable product, and this is exactly... What I've been longing to speak about for quite a while on the show, and it's my pleasure to bring you today's episode. So get playful, be childlike, and let's find out how we can take our wonderful innate creativity and with the help of someone like Kat, create something that you can actually train, deliver, and make money from. This is episode 127 of the Training Business Podcast.
1: Hey, And welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes.
0: Hey, welcome to the show, my name is Mark. I'm the host of the Training Business Podcast and it's my privilege to welcome you to another episode of the show. If this is your first time here, welcome. If it's not your first time here, welcome back. We get lots of requests for guests and ideas for content every week and I appreciate those emails and you can email me directly via mark at trainingbusiness.com. If it is your first time here, absolutely the first time here, this is the show for freelance trainers, for freelance facilitators, for people who own and run their own training business for training consultants, people just like you and just like me. And the goal of every episode is to help you in some way to start to grow and to scale a profitable training business. We have guests on the show and those guests are here for a variety of reasons. We've had people talking about marketing and about writing books and so on. So lots of great episodes. You can go back and listen to. But today's episode resonates with me particularly because for a long time, I've been conscious of the absence of an episode on the subject of creativity. Why creativity? Well, because if you're coming up with programs in your mind that you know help your customers, your clients uh, to satisfy a particular business need, and you know that will take the form of a workshop or some kind of online course or a program. well. That's often a difficult process because we've to come up with ideas, we've to put them together in some kind of list of priorities, we've got to stack rank them, eliminate some. And often that process does not come easily to people. And then having got those ideas together, we've got to convert this into a program, something logical, something that flows, something that's valuable. It's got a name, it's got an outcome, it's got learning points, And as you can tell, even listening to me, design is not my uh, forte. It's not something that comes naturally to me, but thankfully we have someone on the show today who can help you with creativity and help someone like me with creativity to find within ourselves ideas, to validate them, and to use this process to create something that we can sell, which of course is why it's valid to talk about this on the Training Business Podcast. Kat, hi, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. So you are today in the UK. Yes. Whereabouts exactly?
1: I am in Leicestershire.
0: Okay, right. I'm in Ireland and we have plenty of people listening to us around the world. So let's go straight into why you're here. You used to work as an organizational development lead. You gradually realized you love training and helping people. And you found that a lot of people often have a kind of a, an absence of creativity, um, but you you had these skills to actually help them to be creative. You, you designed a game, and then people responded and said, you should be doing more of this. W- what happened next?
1: Yeah, um, I guess the thing, going back slightly to the organizational development lead job, the thing I really loved in that job was designing activities for individuals and teams to use, And seeing their journey of how it took them from stuck to, oh, that was fun and enjoyable. And actually, I can see how we can use that to change. Um, So that's a bit I always wanted to bring forward when I set up my own business. So as you say, I then designed a game as a kind of an example of what I can do. Um, And someone said to me, oh, my God, you need to do more of that. I was like, "Ah, yes, I do. You're correct. And it's one of those things you almost take for granted or Um, don't see as that really big strength that you have. So I took that feedback on board and have set out to design more games, more activities, more interaction and engagement for people when they're in learning situations. I just think it can be more fun than a lot of things are. And I want to help people create that in their own learning.
0: And I think that's something we often overlook as trainers, as facilitators. We overlook the the childlike instincts that we still have, which is this necessity or, or willingness or desire to or even need to create something to come up with ideas. Why do you think play and creativity is so important?
1: I think it's like you said about the like your inner child. Um, I think play helps us to be more curious and to explore and experiment in ways that we wouldn't in our natural adult I must behave like this type state Um, and as a result it opens up people's minds so they can have new ideas, new thoughts, new experiences and just kind of see where it takes them and almost create their own path to their own sense making and their own moments and then as a result of creating their own aha moments, they're more likely to act on them.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. If people come up with things themselves, they're more likely to own them and to value them. And I find often when I'm thinking of my experience, when I harness the the creativity of a team in a workshop, because they have come up with those things, they're more likely, as I said, to, to value them, but also to defend them. Whereas if we impose external ideas on people sometimes they may not value them or even reject them. So we need some kind of tools to to help people to draw out their own ideas and and of course overlooking the creativity of employees. people an organization hires people to do a job, but people can bring an innate resourcefulness to that job. So if we're not harnessing play and creativity, we're perhaps overlooking that valuable resource. What if people say, I'm not creative, I I can't even imagine where I should begin, or I'm not very good at coming up with ideas. Where do you begin with someone who's a trainer, a facilitator, a coach and says, you know, I I think I know what my clients want. I think I know what the business problem is, but I can't see how I can go through the steps necessary to pull out the ideas from my mind based upon conversations with them and come up with a program that actually achieves results for them.
1: I think there's two different questions there. One is people who say I'm not creative, which I think there's a general feeling that creativity is art and music and dance, but creativity to me is also about how we think and how we problem solve and overcome challenges. So there's like a logical creativity as well as an artistic creativity. So I think people like look at it as black and white rather than actually there's a big spread of creativity Um, In terms of the one about I need to design a program, I don't know how to get the ideas for it. Very often what people need is someone to talk it through with and actually they'll find they have ideas as they say things out loud. Um, But also to have a second set of eyes and brain to kind of add a different view and say, what about this? And have you thought of this? And that's not to say that that other person's view is the one they'll take. But it might prompt them as the designer to then think, oh, that makes me actually think of I could take this bit of it and I could add this and that would work for me. So it's that kind of having a conversation sometimes can just start ideas off.
0: Yeah, and when we first spoke last week, we we kind of thought things through and say what would we thought what would be a good topic to to raise for people listening to this today. And you made some great points, which is that because of the current situation we're in, I won't necessarily say pandemic or COVID more than once today. I'll try not to. Um, people haven't got the sounding board that they may have had previously. They perhaps some of us are used to working with a team working with other people so we've no one around to create ideas with to co-create with to share ideas with and as you've alluded to to speak things out loud so it's not that perhaps people don't have creativity to 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 some degree but often it's it's the reassurance that what they're saying actually is is useful powerful helpful and that's where you come in right and i'd like to read out loud this is something which i found online on your LinkedIn profile. And I think it kind of explains what you've done for people in in my shoes as, as a coach, as a, as a trainer. And this is a testimonial. Um, I don't want you to blow your own trumpet, so I'm going to do it for you. Um, someone called Sarah Massey, who's a coach and coaching supervisor, um, said working with Kat has been an amazing experience. She is like the yin to my yang. I'm such a big picture thinker and ideas machine and Kat has an amazing ability to listen to my thoughts and ideas, distill the nuggets, and together we go on to co-create amazing workshop content. That's high praise. And if that wasn't enough, uh, Nicola Moss, uh, Constellations facilitator says, I had an idea buster session with Kat uh, at a moment when I felt I'd run out of inspiration for new, I think she means communications or... Uh, ideas. In just two hours, we came up with about 160, no kidding, ideas I could put into practice right away. So if we kind of segue into this, a trainer, a coach comes to you, what do you do to achieve these kinds of results with a coach, a trainer, a facilitator, uh, a consultant?
1: I think, so both of those are have been achieved through playdates. The first one was play date where we planned a workshop um so she came to me and had a general theme some key topics but also like she said it has some really big ideas but the thing that I can add to people who've got the ideas is the kind of logic of how that could work so how do you make that work in in practice like what are the steps what are the tools you're going to need to make that work um, and we kind of we talk it all through we add some structure we add flow we make sure the timings work in a way that we know will still achieve the results but that people will enjoy it and that they will you know the participants will engage and like I said before like create their own aha moments um, and then at the end of that play date. The idea is that the trainer facilitator takes all that away, and they generally feel really energised to crack on and create the materials they need. So it's all about helping people at that early planning stage of how will this work, what will I need, how will it flow, um, and like you said earlier, a bit of um, confidence and validation that no, that's great, let's use that, that works. You know what you're talking about, and I think a lot of coaches and facilitators and trainers are people who work on their own all the time and all they have is their own thoughts and you get lost in the is this any good
0: yeah i suppose that's true of, of all kinds of areas of business people have inevitably great ideas for for brands for content but often the inner voice says oh that's been done before or someone else can do this better than me and we discount whereas listening to you suggests that you could help someone to to validate something they're thinking and to create this into a workable product. So if we dive into the details here, people come to you for, let's say, an activity they can use in their workshops. You have pre-designed products. I mean, you've got, for example, a deck of cards. You you, you actually design games, activities, workshops, um, virtual icebreakers, uh, and things like crucial conversations. These are products you've pre-designed, right? So let's tell us about those and and whom they help and and how?
1: Yeah, so they are products all available through what I call the toy box. And you'll have noticed I use the language playdates, toy box, because we have talked about children and play. And I wanted that to be like a, a common theme through the brand that it's enjoyable. So yeah, the toy box is a resource site, essentially of games and activities that people can buy and use in their own workshops. The idea for me behind it was to create things that are fun and engaging, playful, but that the person buying it has everything they need to just plug and play, Um, that they don't have to figure out what slides do I need or what materials do I need to therefore have in place. I give them the slides, the materials list, everything they need to make it easy for them because I recognise that that's often the bit that is the time consuming bit i've got a great idea but to get it from great idea to actually using it there's a whole load of stuff that happens in there um, that sometimes people don't have time for or they want something new or fresh that they haven't had to think of themselves so the toy box is the place to find things like that
0: so it's like an online store for people who are trainers coaches and they want some kind of product to facilitate conversations with their attendees in a workshop and, and you've got these games activities and icebreakers and things like that, which they can use.
1: Yeah. And most of them are digital products. So the other than the card decks I've got, the other products are, right, I want to use that, I want to buy it, click the button, and you have it instantly. So there is no kind of waiting for the post to arrive.
0: <laughs> but that said, there are physical versions of, of cards as well and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's important. So people don't just buy the product, they actually buy like a pack on how to use this product and it's, it's out of the box, good to go. Okay, that's exciting. Now, even more exciting is, is the playdates concept. So people book time with you, for example. So let's say someone is thinking of a communication skills workshop or a resilience workshop or a leadership workshop or add your own name to that uh, idea, whatever kind of workshop you want. People can book time with you and create through a play date. So you literally harness their creativity, you add your skills to the mix, and they come away with with what exactly?
1: Come away with the high-level summary with a level of detail. That means they can go and make it happen. Um, sometimes people come already having a load of detail and they just want to tweak it and talk it through to get, like we talked about, like validation, confidence, that what they've got is really good. Other people come with a blank sheet and leave with a plan. Um, And the idea behind most playdates is I I do all the capturing as well so that the person I'm working with can dedicate themselves to doing just thinking and being there, not having to also make notes of everything. So I capture that online and send it to them afterwards. Um, And most people leave feeling
0: energised, Relieved, maybe too. To go and do it,
1: yeah, and relieved, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone's listened to me. Um, I don't feel foolish, and, and what I've just come up with is, is is useful. And I think that that's a problem for many of us as trainers is that we we have lots of ideas, but we haven't the time to convert them into something workable. And as I said, we also have this voice which tells us it's not something we can do, as well as other people. Um, so classically in a learning and development environment, we'd have an, inst- an instructional designer and this person would uh, take some uh, outline of, of, a, of a product or a, or a learning initiative from, let's say, the, the head of L&D and that person then goes around gathering data points and put something together, which helps to solve the, the actual aspect of, of learning. So putting this into a product, into a course, into some kind of uh, program. If you're a one-person band, you can't do this yourself. Or if you can, it's a time suck. It takes up time. So I guess listening to you, your service is helping people to come to someone like you, talk their ideas through, get some validation, but also other ideas, and then come away with some kind of plan to execute the whole thing. Is that a fair summary of
1: what you're doing um, here? Yeah, definitely. And someone described me once as a teammate for hire.
0: Okay, I like that. Yeah.
1: And I really do see it like that. It's not about me telling someone stuff. um, And it's also not about me coaching all the ideas out of them. It's about being in it together and sharing ideas and experiences and growing those off what we each say to get to a point where someone has an answer that works for them.
0: Yeah, and and you have a you've a five day you've different kinds of play dates, right? You've got um, let's go through those. You've got like you've a five day challenge, that's the the longer version. And then if we go back to shorter versions, what do those look like?
1: So I have a um, I have an idea buster, which is usually a one hour kind of fast, sharp, generating lots of ideas, um, such as the example you shared earlier from Nicola Moss. Um, very often those. Revolve around social media content and things like that, where people just have run out of how can I say the same thing differently, or what else have I got to say? Um, I've got the five day challenge buster, which is kind of like a two to three hour session that helps people develop a five day challenge.
0: So it's not five days of you. (laughs) No, it's
1: not. Although (laughs) it has it has crossed my mind. Um, So yeah, that helps people create a five-day challenge that will work for them and their business because there are so many different ways to do that. And it's about finding the right fit rather than trying to fit in with what you've seen other people do.
0: Yeah, why five-day challenge, Kat? Is that something that is topical right now?
1: It was all the rage in 2019. There were five-day challenges galore. Um,
0: Lots of people... I missed that then. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Lots of people use them as a way to... um, pull people into their funnel to show you know, a little, little bit of what they can do um, and a way to engage lots of people.
0: So that's interesting here. You're not just thinking as a creator. You're thinking in the shoes of someone who comes to you as a business person. We're a trainer. We're a coach. We, we need to get some revenue in. And you're, you're familiar with marketing terms like funnel and, and how someone could use the ideas that you've co-created with them so they can actually put something into a learning and development environment and 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 make money. Um, let's say someone comes to you and says, you know what, um, I have an idea for a customer care workshop or a communication skills workshop. I can't see how this could look and how to build it. Can you give me an example of that, that conveyor belt from first initial contact with you through to what you set up for them, what you do with them and what they come away with?
1: Yeah, so I'd normally had a, have a conversation either by email or phone about what what's the right type of play date. Um, is it a play date? Do they need me or do they need someone else? Um, and then if that goes on to, yeah, they need a play date with me, we book a time, we book, we agree how long we'll need, and then we sit down and start wrapping it out. Sometimes if someone's really unclear, it'll start with, tell me a little bit about what you, the workshop needs to do? How long is it? How many people are we going to be? All those kind of key logistical questions. Um, we then start to look at what might the themes be, the topics, the exercises that they want to bring in. Some people have a, a model that they want to fit in somewhere, but don't know how to use it in a way that isn't just them saying, here's a model. Um, they want to make it more engaging and that that kind of like we took curiosity and helping people explore it themselves um so we go through all of that we make sure that it flows together that there's moments of reflection for people breaks i'm really big on like make sure you give people a break because actually learning's hard and people do need time to digest it as they go
0: and particularly with zoom right now people are really fatigued you know just Every day is like Zoom day. Um, it's, it's spending your whole life in Zoom rooms or Teams.
1: Yeah. So, so it's really important to build that that space in, as well as the action and lots of discussion for people to talk about what they've noticed as well. So, once you've got like the flow and the activities, maybe a bit more detail in exactly how things will work. Um, that's like I said before. That's all captured on. know an online whiteboard type tool that then is like a a plan of what that session needs to look like sometimes people want um to be more to go into some of the actions of right what do I need to do now but most often that that high level plan is enough for people to go away and make it happen um and people find that People quite often leave the sessions and then go on and do it straight away while it's all still there and current. And like you can just get on and do it and then be like, oh, that's nice. I've ticked that off the list earlier than I normally would. And I think that's a, a key problem that a lot of my clients have is design gets pushed off for another day because it's not necessarily energizing when you're doing it on your own.
0: Yeah, I can I can put my hand up here, Kat, and say design is just not my skill. I'm great with ideas but then I almost scare myself. I'm thinking, I have no idea how to put these into action. I, I've just come up with a huge list of things, poster notes everywhere, reams of of brown paper with you know literally a whole roll of paper with, with pencil scratchings. And I'm thinking, I have not a clue how this will work. And to some people, this can be depressing because you're almost likely to criticize yourself. You think, I'm a trainer, I should know this stuff, but that's not necessarily the same process as, as teaching this, through a program that program design element is not something I was born with I I I can I struggle with it quite honestly and I think that's true of many people we're great with people but when we're away from people on our own perhaps as natural extroverts we're struggling with um, you know time on our own and and how long this thing will take and of course that's has revenue implications so thinking of of virtual if people right now listening to this are on their own um, in the future listening to this they'll hopefully not be everything will have been cured Covid wise, but right now people are on their own. They're thinking, I can't even go and meet Kat. I can't meet other people. Thinking of the virtual environment, what kinds of tools can people use to to help with creativity? You've alluded to a couple the last time we spoke that someone could use to you know create whiteboards or use whiteboards to create ideas. What what comes to mind? What would you recommend? I should say.
1: Yeah, so there's definitely some tools that I recommend to add a bit of interactivity into workshop design there's um I've been using Miro which is an online I call it an online whiteboard tool I'm not sure that's how they describe it but I see it as like it's a big white blank canvas that you can add post-it notes to, but you can also add images and links and text and all sorts of stuff so it's it's a really nice way of recreating that here's a wall everyone go and stick up your post-it note on the wall um Google Jamboard is also a way to do that. That is free. Everybody has it in their Google account. Um, it, it It's like, I don't understand why it took me so long to find it, to be quite honest. Um, it's really quick and easy. It If all you want is a place for people to put some Post-it notes, it works. If you want to be able to copy those and move them around and do more with them, you are better off with something like Miro. So it depends what what level of kind of complexity.
0: That's miro.com, m i r o.com.
1: Yeah. Um there's also things like Mentimeter and Slido that people use to create word clouds. So if you've ever been in a workshop and someone says at the end please share one word that you are now feeling. Instead of putting that in the chat, you can put it into Slido or Mentimeter. It's usually a um, either a QR code or a link that you can share in the chat, and then it creates a, a word cloud that you can then see on the screen. So it's just a, a different way of presenting information and interacting with people that makes it a bit less samey. Um, and there's another one that's come out recently called Deck Hive, which is
0: Deck Hive, yeah, okay,
1: it is an online Um, coaching card deck tool so you can go in there are various coaching cards that you can purchase and then you can create your own environments where you use them with people on there so it's a really nice way to bring coaching cards to the digital world um coaching cards are, are wonderful things when you're in person you can touch them and feel them and move them around but it's they're much harder to use when you're online unless you send a pack out to everybody. so tech hive is helping to fill that gap as
0: well. So that's Mentimeter, Google Jamboard, um, DeckHive, and and Miro.com. Yeah, I I think it's called
1: Miro. Miro,
0: yeah, it is actually. I think it is Spanish for look. All right. And of course, then you've got the old-fashioned paper and pencil to do a mind map, um, like Tony Buzan uh, encouraged us to do all these years. So all of these things anchor or have an anchor in, in our innate resourcefulness. So if someone listening to this thinking, this is helpful... Great. Um, where can people get in touch with you then, Kat? That's the next obvious thing to ask.
1: The, the biggest place I hang out is LinkedIn. Um, I am the only Kat Hayes on there currently. So that's pretty cool. So I'm easy to find.
0: Um, and also. And we're not related, by the way, you're Kat Hayes and I'm uh, Mark Hayes. <laughs> S- <laughs> Slight pronunciation.
1: Track the lines back. There could be some kind of intersection many, many years ago. <laughs>
0: Yeah, many, many years ago. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, that's that's the best place to find me. And my website is imagineif.ltd and you have links to the toy box and other things from there too.
0: Brilliant. Kat, thank you so much for being my guest today.
1: Thank you. It's been a joy to chat this through with you.
0: My sincere thanks to Kat for being my guest today. And thank you to you for listening in. You've got some great ideas, of course, for episodes and content, so please keep these coming. If you've got questions, if I or a guest in the future can help you with a topic, then please share that topic with us. We've got some great uh, episodes lined up, but I always want to listen to your ideas, and so please connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find me, Mark Garrett Hayes, uh, or simply drop me an email, mark at trainingbusiness.com. There is a fresh episode every week of the podcast, every Thursday, and can I ask you as a favor to subscribe right now to the podcast on your platform of choice, be it Apple, be it Stitcher, be it Spotify, or a range of other podcast platforms. There's no charge or cost to you. It's completely free, but it means the world to me because it helps the ratings of the show and, of course, helps to get these episodes and your ideas and your guests' ideas in to the hands of people who need help at this time a lot of us are struggling as self-employed coaches trainers facilitators and consultants so this podcast is designed to help people like you and me and for that reason it's a joy and a pleasure and privilege every week to share ideas mine and other people's with you in the ultimate goal of building a community so please tune in again next week so until next thursday take care look after yourself bye for now